you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State! Welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC podcast presented by MyBookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, babe, what's going on? Hey, I was just joking before we uh, got on the podcast here. Just a little uh, inside information here. We're recording this one a little bit earlier than we normally do, but uh, I joked it would have been a lot harder to find Shane. I think he was very eager to record this show after Tennessee pulled it out there in Columbia. Is there any truth to that? Oh, there is, man. You know, there there is some, it, it is a little easier to pot it if you get a victory, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to take a moment of silence for the other seven teams that did not, you know, so. The SEC's batting 500 right now, and I, I loved it, man. I Obviously, we're going to get into some action here. My lock of the week, just short, Mike. <laughs> just short. When that lock's a little out, rusty. <laughs> yeah, when they rolled out the, let's say, air quotes, backup quarterback down there in Georgia, I was like, no, <laughs> you're doing so well, just keep it up, so... Yeah, Kirby uh, Kirby does not care about my gambling. So, But anyway, uh, we're going to get in all that action, Mike. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. We got, we got, some, great, we got some great stuff, man. Yeah, and, I, and you know, you got to be careful not to overreact to week one. <laughs> I already did it. I put Mississippi State number two in my power rankings. But, hell, <laughs> man, it was a – it's like Mike Leach is just – you know, all the stuff we thought and hoped and dreamed he mm-hmm. might do to the SEC in a year or two, maybe three, took him a shortened camp in week one. <laughs> I mean, he just comes out guns a-blazing. So. I mean, I, just a couple things, Mike, on that one. Let's talk about the overreacting because I was with you. I was like, well, you know, two, that's pretty high there, Mike. You know, I mean, but how great must it feel to be a Mississippi State fan right now? How great does it feel to be an Arkansas fan right now? Even though you lost, or a or an Ole Miss fan, you, even though you lost, there was some freaking life from all these ball clubs. Mizzou, Vandy, even going toe to toe with Texas A and M. I mean, yeah, you lost, but we've got nine SEC games up ahead. You got to feel good about your team. Uh, I just loved it, man. It was from start to finish. I could not get enough of this. And and this has got to be the new thing, Mike. I, I'm just I, I'm with Nick Saban here. 
we need 10 SEC games every single year. Yeah, and um, I mean, it would make the game great. Now we'll find out what this does to, my mind goes to LSU fans, Georgia fans a little bit, Texas A&M struggling all out the gate. I think you could say the same thing about Tennessee and South Carolina. It was a sloppy game, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. I really don't think so. And I know if you've seen that viral video, did you see it, Shane, where the LSU fan just destroys a TV at a bar after the team was (laughs) – It's like, my guy, the first loss since November 2018, fans are freaking out already. And I understand because, you know, all the hype and everything. But, you know, season ain't over. And this time last year, Tennessee lost to Georgia State, and they caught fire. You know what I mean? It it can certainly happen. It's going to happen. This is going to be a wonky season in the SEC. Once we maybe get some more film on Mississippi State, Mike Leach's system and these players – Maybe they don't throw for 700 yards a game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> things are going to be changing, but uh, that's why I say let's not overreact. So I hope we didn't just lose half the fan base after or half the SEC after week one. But uh, a couple things did jump out to me before we get, get into the action, Shane. SEC teams that returned both coordinators, 4-1 mm-hmm. and one yesterday, Ooh. which is pretty impressive. Teams with a new starting quarterback, and I'm talking specifically – you know, not the same starting quarterback they had in their final game last season. Those teams were 2-7. and seven. And, of course, the new head coaches who didn't get any favors with the schedule, they went 1-3. and three. So, yeah, it's so far, it's playing out continuity. I've said that word about 10,000 times too many this mm-hmm. offseason. But uh, so far, that's, that's playing through after week one in the SEC. We'll see if that continues to do it. But – Hey man, um, we've got just so much, so much content to get into. Let's get into the game, Shane. How about it? Let's do it. All right, we got to start right away. We've already hit on this game. Mississippi State beating LSU. I think that was the story, not only of the SEC but just in the nation, given the fact, you know, everything LSU had with uh, last season and Mike Leach's entrance and. How big of an idiot do I look like, Shane? Saying this, why in the hell did they pick this to be CBS game of the game of the week? I, I probably questioned that about a dozen times. I said Mississippi State's got no chance. Out talented. I don't care about LSU's experience. You know, it it wasn't necessarily like an ass kicking either, though. Is the thing where, you know, there was moments in this game, Mississippi State. I thought they were going to choke it away. Uh, there in the fourth quarter, KJ Costello. He had back-to-back turnovers, one a fumble lost, one an interception. And yeah. he had four turnovers himself. They're, you know, he's getting touted for the Heisman. I'm not trying to discredit. My God, he set the all-time SEC passing record, 623 <laughs> yards, and he also had five touchdowns. So, I mean, he'd had a hell of a game. But I'm left scratching my head on this one because it's like, dude, I'm good. how big would Mississippi State won if they didn't have any turnovers? Yeah. Well, on the flip side of the coin, too, you know, and I, I'm not trying to discredit anything that happened with Mississippi State because it was a fantastic game, man. It was exciting. It was great to see the Pirate. It was, you know, it was everything that we expected and then some. Mm-hmm. But, man, KJ was forcing the ball a lot. I mean, he, he also had 60 passing attempts here. I mean, this could have easily went the other way if that defense were better prepared. It felt like I don't know if it, you know what's going on with the staff there. I mean, we you gotta you gotta 
you got to mention that uh, Stingley was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a big part. They had to do a, a late shuffle there because of some illness. But it just felt like LSU wasn't prepared. Now, I'm not worried about LSU in the future. This is a young squad. You know, this is not the same team that was there last year. They got to work their kinks out. And, buddy, did they – I mean, they <laughs> – they had their hands full with KJ and Mississippi State and uh, everything that they threw at them. But Mississippi State was just prepared. That's that's all it was. And, and it felt like KJ was comfortable. Took him a little while. Now, he was a little reckless with the ball. But there was a couple of times, man, he, he'd zip one in there. And I'm like, dude, if LSU was paying attention, that would have been a interception. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I, I'm – I'm I'm happy, but I'm also I'm sure there's going to be a lot of film study this week. And, and KJ, I hope he doesn't stop because I kind of like this grip and rip attitude, and that's I think what I think that's what the Bulldogs need. And LSU, buddy, they got to get back to the drawing board, and these young kids got to grow up real quick. Let me ask you this, Shane: if um, if I were to tell you heading into the weekend, Miles Brennan is going to throw for 345 yards, three touchdowns. Terrence Marshall, eight catches, 122 for two touchdowns. And Mississippi State is going to have four turnovers. I think you would have thought LSU won by 50, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely, man. But the key, and Miles Brennan's catching a lot of hell this Sunday. And I'm not suggesting he played a flawless game. And for anybody that saw that uh, just completely god-awful interception, he actually got his arm hit. It looked I mean, it's still, it's a turnover, it's a turnover, but it looked like he just didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. what the hell he was doing. But it's a lot different when, you're, when your arm gets hit as you're throwing it. So that was part of it. But the biggest issue for me, and Miles Brennan's not completely blameless in this situation, but to me it was the offensive line for LSU. I was, you know, I thought they would have a lot more success running the ball. LSU, 2.1 yards per carry. That's pathetic on 38 <laughs> attempts. So, that was the kind of the key to the game to me was just how physical Mississippi State's front. Let's give Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, a ton of credit. Uh, they didn't, you know, play perfect by any means, but they rushed Miles Brennan often, and it seemed like he was a little bit maybe uncomfortable is the word where he just kind of ran out of the pocket when he didn't have to at times. So mm-hmm. he's got to get better at that. And once he does, I think he'll be a lot better player. But I'm not putting this loss on Miles Brennan's shoulders. I'm putting it on what you said, the LSU defense mm-hmm. and this offensive line. And, you know, there's third and Grantham. We might have to come up with third and bow or something because, my <laughs> God, I mean, Mississippi State, it, it didn't matter if it was third and 22, they were converting them. So yeah, that's the biggest thing. LSU's got to get that fixed. Coach Ope talking up Bo Pelini higher. I mean, my God, it, it looks like the worst hire in the offseason. Although, again, let's not overreact, but after one game. Do you think – I mean, I mean, it's – it's a timing thing too, you know, when you're, I mean, this is a new type of defense. This isn't just new defensive players. This is a whole new scheme. And do you think, I mean, obviously with the COVID and everything going on, they didn't have the off season to prepare. I mean, do you think that was a factor too? I mean, surely they had to, because sometimes they just looked a little lost out there, man. Yeah. And I mean, so you lose a guy like Kerry Vincent to the opt-out defensive back. He would have started. Derek Stingley, obviously, you noted he's out. They're getting in this transfer from Nichols State, who I had heard good things about. He got exposed in this matchup. But, 
I think it was, and uh, we'll get to Coach O in just a minute here, but he talks about, uh, you know, having to play guys like Jay Ward, just not quite ready, a little banged up, mm-hmm. and but it is what it is. You got to put them out there, and um, you got to match up one-on-one in the SEC, and if you can't do it, they're just going to keep testing you, and they just kept testing them, and... <laughs> Oh, man, like I'm just looking at these Mississippi State numbers. Kylan Hill, eight catches, 158 yards. Osiris Mitchell, seven catches, 183. Uh, Javante Payton, six catches, 122. I mean, where were these guys last year? They were nowhere to be found. <laughs> Insert Mike Leach there. They're all, this, they look like LSU last year. No, exactly right. I was just thinking about the Kylan Hill. If I told you last year that uh, first – first game of the season this before we knew that that there was going to be a coach change and everything like that but Colin Hill would have almost 200 yards you know and I'd ask you how many of those do you think were on the ground you know kudos to 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 Leach he knows he's going to be throwing the ball and he finds a way to give it to his best player and and Colin man he looked all the part out there uh another thing let me ask you this real quick Shane how many receiving yards if you had to just take a guess did Colin Hill have all last season Oh man, all last season, I would say what? 200? Yeah, you're right there, 180. So he's 22 <laughs> away from matching that already. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. This was great. This is and, and another thing, Mike. There's a, there's a lot of four or five-star quarterbacks sitting out there right now watching this game and saying, "Man, I like that." I mean, how how often when, I mean, if if you're a quarterback, you that's what you want. You want free reign, and that's exactly what coach gives you. It won't be long. KJ will be making plays at the at the line of scrimmage if he's not doing it already. He gives you know we talked about him up there in Washington State with uh, Gardner Minshew. I mean he he let him do whatever. And if there's a quarterback out there that's that's on the fence about where he wants to play, and he's watching Mississippi State put up a career day of 600 yards passing, that is a quarterback's dream. That's a wide receiver's dream, man. You mm-hmm. mean to tell me I'm going to break records while I'm here? Absolutely. Sign me up. So um, this game's going to have a lot of ripples to it, man. This 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 was a big one. For both programs, it, it kind of gives you a pulse of where where LSU is, and it and it shows you that that Mississippi State is, is ahead of the curve. And you better you better not sit back. You can't play Coach Leach ball, and I think, I think that's what LSU kept trying to get into. This, this isn't the shootout of of last year. You know, if you had Joe Burrow and all those receivers and Clydesdale, yeah, you probably would have been able to keep up, if not past these guys. But it's not that. Miles Brennan is not that. And uh, I think they just got away from the run. They they just they found themselves playing, uh, you know, Mississippi State ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's kick it over to uh, both these coaches' comments. We're going to do Mike Leach first. We always do the winning coach first. Then we'll kick it over to Coach O. Uh, and Mike Leach questions may be a little bit hard to hear. So he's asked about what part of the game did he find, you know, his receivers could really take advantage of these LSU DBs, and they just, you know, really never took their foot off the gas after that point on battling through the adversity. Like I said, there was some adversity in this game. They scored 44 in the game, but with nine minutes left in the first half, they only had three points. I mean, it's not like, <laughs> you know, they had, to, they had to make some adjustments in game. He talks about KJ Costello with the turnovers and fighting through all that. And then on Kylan Hill's big performance. And then on the flip side, on the losing side, LSU Cocho, he discussed the uh, defensive struggles, not having Derek Stingley in the lineup, how much that hurt on suffering his first loss in two years. 
on Miles Brennan's performance as the starter and then on the offensive line's uh, struggles to, to protect him. Good. Coach, uh, what, what was it that made you guys realize you could throw the ball so consistently outside the numbers against their corners? Well, trial and error, I guess, would be the best uh, way to describe that. Um, you know, going into the game, I, I guess we thought they'd play looser than they did, um, you know, because um, they've got kind of a lot of four across in their arsenal. We, th- we thought they'd play looser. This meeting is being recorded. It turned, or turned out that they didn't play so loose, and then the space was getting crowded more and more, so we felt like um, <clears throat> we ought to go over the top. And... Uh, uh, KJ threw some good balls, and we made some really good catches, too. Mike, I know KJ made a few mistakes, but in terms of his day and you know the numbers that he put up, where does that rank in terms of quarterbacks you've seen in this system, and how would you sort of describe his performance today? <clears throat> well, it's really high when you consider you know playing at LSU versus the defending national champions, so it's really high that way. Uh, I thought his com- composure this game was outstanding. You know, our team... I felt like offensively and defensively had each other's backs and special teams. I mean, because, um, you know, we had our share of adversity and just slugged through it, uh, but everybody was in there and stuck with one another. And uh, so I thought that was maybe one of the strongest things on our part as a team. We just kept playing and kept supporting each other. With the turnovers, how did KJ kind of take that on the sideline, whether it's a fumble or the interception? Uh, as good as anybody I've ever dealt with, to be honest with you. I mean, because – just came out swinging and was uh, composed and didn't force things. And then, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't perfect. Uh, of course, you know, these guys are a little challenging. I mean, uh, uh, you know, these guys, they're playing with at LSU. They get invited to play everywhere, you know. Doing all right, Coach. First question I want to ask you is talk about uh, utilizing Colin Hill in the, in the passing game and just his performance today especially with that long touchdown, catch and run. And then how does it feel to get your first signature win in the SEC in your first game? It feels good. I mean, it feels good. I mean, the biggest thing is uh, coaches, players, everybody, uh, you know, administration, and then uh, fans you hear from, you don't get to see them face-to-face so much right now. But, um, you know, I just I think everybody together is kind of the key on that. And then – you know, a quality opponent like this. Kylan had a heck of a game just doing the math, and I was horrible at math. Um, let's see, 50, uh, carry the one. No, actually, it's uh, uh, it's 80. Uh, he had 193 yards. Uh, so in a team like LSU, I think that's a pretty good performance. question is, defensively-wise, one, how much did not having Stingley in the secondary, yeah. you know, hinder things? And was it scheme or was it execution for what yeah. you were able to do in the yeah. secondary? Yeah, first of all, obviously when you lose a player like Derek Stingley, it really hurt us. Uh, and then uh, we had to play Jay Ward. Jay Ward was out for two weeks. Uh, he had a, a minor operation, didn't practice much, and had to play most of the game today. So uh, he was a little behind, and uh, that wasn't, that's not his fault. He just wasn't ready to play, but that's all we had. Uh, Darren uh, just came in from Nickel State. He wasn't ready to play. Uh, but, yes, did we miss him? Yeah, some, it was scheme. You know, a lot of times they caught us in man. They had some crossing routes, but we just couldn't cover the guys. And uh, But I thought, you know, we pressured uh, the quarterback well. We got some turnovers. We just didn't cover man-to-man well. 
you know, as you step back from this game, I guess what what stands out in the defense? Where do you go next? I guess kind of what is your evaluation after this? Well, first of all, we get Stingley back. You know, I think we did some really good things on defense, man. We pressured the quarterback. I thought our pass rush was good. We had some blitzes, and somebody's supposed to take the back out the backfield. They didn't take them. You know, we had too many missed assignments. You know, we got to look at why we're having the missed assignments, what's causing them. Uh, too many guys were running free. Too many guys were getting beat one-on-one. We just got to go back to looking at if we can cover man-to-man. Uh, -man. If we can't, we got to make, uh, make a decision to play some zone. WBRC, was this surprising offensively uh, how out of sync you guys were? Yes. Yes, especially the first half. It didn't look like, uh, you know, we dropped ball. We weren't protecting. We couldn't. We couldn't get any third down. Nobody looked like nobody was open. Miles was holding the ball. Uh, you know, hey, no excuses, man. We've got to get better. And, and the execution was not there. No question. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, you obviously haven't lost a football game in nearly two years. I guess just kind of how, you know, what do you say to the team and how do you try to kind of rebound for a team that's not used hey, to it? I told them, put it on me. And when they win, I give them the credit. When they don't, I got to take the blame. I got to get them better. I got to coach better. I ask everybody to look at themselves in the mirror, see what we're doing. Let's get better. Let's stick together as a football team. We've got a lot of football left. I still believe we have a good football team. We have a lot of young guys that play for the first time. They got their taste of SEC play. Anytime you play in the SEC, there's going to be great athletes across the ball. You got to win your one-on-ones. We didn't do that tonight. Seeing Miles Brennan out there today, what did you, what did you see from him and kind of pass protection there? What are some of yeah. the things you think you'll have to work on yeah. there? I saw some inconsistency. I thought that he threw you know, the deep ball well. I thought there were some guys that were open. He had some pressure. Uh, didn't step up in the pocket and made the right reads at the time. But you know what? It's all got to start in protection, man. We got we got to protect. We got to run the football better. We got to beat up front. Hey, Coach Matt Trent, WBRZ. Uh, kind of piggybacking off those offensive line struggles. Uh, how much of it was the offensive line just legitimately not blocking guys, or Miles just holding on to it too long and not being comfortable in the pocket? I think it was a combination of both, to be honest with you. Uh, there were some guys, too many guys free, so that's protection. But there were some times where he could have stood in the pocket and got rid of the ball a little bit quicker, and he didn't do it. And uh, so I think it's a combination of both of them. And Coach, uh, you know, obviously it was a rough day for you guys in the secondary, but, I mean, just what's your message, I guess, to some of those younger guys maybe had, you know, kind of a rough outing out there? Yeah, welcome to the SEC. Got to get better. Hey, this is elite, man. You got to win your one-on-ones. And uh, anybody you play any any given day in the SEC, there's going to be athletes across from you. We got to cover them. We got to win our one on ones, or we got to do something different. And now some of the young guys that hadn't played a, a bunch, you know, uh, they're just going to. I think they're going to be really good football players. They just got to get a lot of experience, and uh, we wasn't there today, obviously. All right, Shane. So here we go. Mississippi State one and zero on the season. LSU zero and one. You know, I never. In my wildest dreams, thought we were going to see this. But uh, what are your thoughts now on, you know, the other side of this? Because uh, Mississippi State's got Arkansas next week. We're mm -hmm. going to get to the point spreads. We're going to play our little guess the lines games. But you got to figure Mississippi State's going to be a big favorite against Arkansas, to likely to go to 2-0. and mm -hmm. Whereas LSU, now they'll probably rebound next week. They're playing Vanderbilt, but... Hell, if they drop that one, I mean, it's going to be hitting the damn panic button down there in Baton Rouge. But where do we go from here if we're if we're LSU? Do you think? I, I think I think the big one is don't don't lose track. This isn't 
this isn't like years past where you you drop a game and man you can't make it to an SEC championship. It's not it's not going to be like that. I, I really don't. I mean, they still control their own destiny. If LSU wins out, they're still going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they've got a lot to play for. The key to me though is is going to be the locker room. It, it's going to be the 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 upperclassmen, the the, tr- the the leaders of this team. Who steps up? Who owns this shit? You know what I'm saying? And gets these guys right again. Because if, if you start pointing fingers, you know, like Coach O's blaming the line. I mean, you, you could do that all day long. It's hard for – I mean, talk about Joe Burrow. You know, he, he lost his first two games in the NFL, and he's talking like – he goes, man, I just – I've never been here before. Never done this, you know, and, and, and all his time playing. He's not used to it. There's a lot of kids on this team uh, that not used to losing. So it, it's it's you can't start blaming each other. You you just got to rally. You got to pick what what was wrong and, and make it better again. And and I think they've got enough they got enough athletes on this team to do that. And that's one thing I like about Coach O. He seems like a personable coach. You know, if he takes ownership in this team, which I think he will, that one heart, one beat, you know, just get get these guys rallied and playing as a team again instead of a whole bunch of individuals, I think they'll be fine. All right, Shane, now let's jump on down next to the Plains. Get ready, Toomer's Corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. We're Auburn. Hey, you're you're Tigers, Shane. They <laughs> they won the day. They beat Kentucky twenty three to thirteen, mm-hmm. and this game was uh, hell. Kentucky should have been winning at halftime. It was eight to seven. Auburn was up, but uh, Auburn just completely dominated the second half. Credit that coaching staff for making the right uh, adjustments at halftime, and particularly in the fourth quarter. They won the fourth quarter fourteen to zero. That was the key to the game. Mm-hmm. And man, I hate to say it because. You know, we've been rooting for this guy, but, you know, I think I pretty much nailed this one. I think Joey Gatewood would be the starting quarterback right now if he's eligible based on what we saw from Terry Wilson. I mean, he's lost. Now, hopefully he's just knocking off some rust. We know he's suffered suffered a devastating season-ending injury last year, but, I mean, he just doesn't even have that speed anymore. And that was for his quickness. And that, that was the strong point of his game. He looks kind of hesitant out there and just making – it just looked like a guy that hadn't played football in a while. I mean, he's, he threw it away on a two-point try. He made a devastating interception right before halftime, which shouldn't even been in a position to make, to be honest with you. That was the, you know, Chris Rodriguez was a yard or two into the end zone with the football. They didn't call it a touchdown for some damn reason. Never got a clear explanation on that. But that was a critical turning point in the game. I still think Auburn wins in the end, even if that happens, just based on how strong they were in the second half. So I'm not blaming it all on that. But, you know, just an ugly, ugly second half for Kentucky. They just didn't really seem to ever get in a rhythm. Cavassier smoke averaging about nine yards a carry. They, get, they gave it to him seven times. Like, I didn't understand what was going on with that. And then on the flip side, um, Auburn came out real slow. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> you hire Chad Morris, first possession. They're already booing him, you know. It's like, oh <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily booing Chad Morris. I'll get, I'll give him that. But yeah. it was booing. Uh, it was a fourth and short, and they punted. They did one of those quick punts with Bo Nix. Who mm-hmm. hell? Bo Nix was fucking. He was lighting it up with the punter. I mean, he might be their best, yeah. their best punter. <laughs> he might be a better. I said he might be a better punter than quarterback 
and oh my god, Auburn fans got mad, but it was more of a complimenting his punting skills. I mean, he was amazing. He really turned it on Bo Nix in the second half. He was outstanding. That connection he's got with uh, Seth Williams was huge in this game. Six catches, 112 yards, two touchdowns for Seth Williams. He made uh, Kelvin Joseph look like a little boy on one of these touchdowns. It was a, just an amazing touchdown grab. You know, Auburn, this they are who we thought they were. Yeah. The line of scrimmage was not great. They could certainly get better there. Kentucky stuffed them a number of times. But like I said, they came through in the in the end. And Kevin Steele's defense, after giving up a bunch of third downs, Kentucky was 12 of 19 on third down and lost this game. Never even competitive in the second half. So, I mean, that's a, that's a testament to how well Auburn played, particularly this defense in the second half. What was your main takeaways from Auburn beating Kentucky 29-13? Well, first off, the elephant in the room, I mean, Gus's outfit was 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 Twitter fire for a little bit. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, Kentucky, Terry especially, you know, he's definitely got some rust on him, man. And, and we knew we knew that coming in. We knew that there was going to be a chance that, uh, that he was going to have some moments. And that, I mean, I'm telling you, that one – that one he had down there at the red zone, throwing that terrible pass, that terrible interception. And then even worse was the effort trying to stop the guy from scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't know. After Kentucky got away from what they're good at, it felt like. And, and I mean, because they were doing great on defense. They kept, that's one thing about Auburn. I'm still worried to death, man, about Auburn's rushing attack that, or lack thereof. There was no, I mean, this was, again, all on Bo Nix's shoulder, and him and those receivers obviously uh, came out victorious here, but how many other teams in the SEC are you going to be able to have that same type of game script? I mean, you got to be you got to be two-dimensional. Uh, so I, I think they can – I think, again, this is – both teams can work from it, but my biggest surprise was just – how rusty Kentucky looked. I thought out of all the teams, honestly, Mike, coming out, that if there's going to be anyone that's going to benefit from from no spring practices, uh, it would have been the Kentucky Wildcats. I thought, okay, Auburn implement a new offense. It's going to take them a little while to get going. I knew it was going to be a low-scoring game because of the running, but it just felt like Kentucky was just, I mean, they had opportunities and they blew them. I mean, they had a shot to win this game several times, uh, and they just couldn't capitalize, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not good enough to go on the road in the SEC, turn the ball over three times, not force any. And really, a, it's just not a recipe for success if you're asking Terry Wilson to throw it 37 times. No. He's just not that guy. He's more of a 20-passer a game. You know what I mean? That's that's what you want. You want to hit him on play action. Um, he may run it quite a bit. He was their leading rusher, 13 attempts for 42 yards. But even that's not even as much of a weapon anymore because he's just not that threat just yet. Well, and and that's what surprised me, you know, on that goal line stand in particular. It's like I thought, you know, I mean, we 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 touted this offensive line as as the the guys, mm-hmm. uh, as the, one of the best groups in the country. And here we got a three-headed monster back there. They got Cavassier, they got Rose, they got Rodriguez, and they even got Terry. And I just, I, I can't, I, I couldn't believe how efficient Auburn's defense was in the red zone. 
It, it just felt like you could have just pinned these guys' ears back and just let them go, and and they would have steamrolled eventually into the end zone. And and I don't know, Kentucky just like I said, they got away from it. That they're, they're I know they want to be a little bit more two dimensional. Here I'm talking about Auburn not being two dimensional, but you know Kentucky's strong suit is running the ball, and it just felt like you said. Uh, you know, if you got Terry Wilson flinging the rock 37 times, you're going to have a bad game. And uh, one final thing in this game, it was, uh, you know, Max Duffy, he's a hell of a punter. He's him and uh, the guy from down at Georgia, Kam- Jake Kamara, I think is his name. But those two guys are the best punters in the SEC, I think. Yeah. But they really had a stupid fake. <laughs> he tried yeah. to run it, not even close. Uh, so Mark Stoops is going to talk about that here in a second. We'll, we'll jump to Gus first because they won. Gus Malzahn on Bo Nix, what he saw there on Chad Morris's first game as the offensive coordinator, on Seth Williams just being a, a man amongst boys here on Saturday. And then we flip it over to Mark Stoops talking about the rust on Terry Wilson on that controversial end zone call with the Chris Rodriguez. Looked like a touchdown, was a touchdown, wasn't called a touchdown. And then they threw an interception the next play. Mm-hmm. And then on Max Duffy's fake uh, punt there, discusses that situation. And uh, it's kind of revealing his comments here. Gus, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about Bo and his growth and his progression. Really clean game for him today. What, what impressed you the most about the way he played? You know, I think he made some outstanding throws. Um, you know, one that he threw down there on third down and goal from the 11 or 12. I mean, he was all on his back foot and he put the Put, the, put it only where it could be. Seth went up and made an unbelievable play. Uh, you know, the out and up to Eli Stove was was a perfect throw. Uh, you know, and the thing about the offense, you know, they, they've been with Coach Morris really for six weeks. We didn't go through spring. And for them to go out against a very good defense, and you're talking about, uh, you know, a defense that had most of their guys back. And they were one of the best in the country last year in, in pass defense. And so for us to get the passing yards, and I thought Chad did a really good job of mixing in the run. And um, but they're 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 a good defense. Gus, you just touched on this, but how did you feel the uh, offensive operation went today, just with Chad there for the first time? No, it was real smooth, um, very smooth. You know, I'd, we had a bad snap or two in the fourth quarter, and you take those two plays away, and uh, you know I think we would uh, have done even better. But uh, you know, I, I think just you know his communication and how he got our guys ready and then adjusted too i think there were some great adjustments and really i'll say this i mean kevin and the defense staff made some great adjustments too specifically on third downs hey gus just seth williams you know what what did you see out of him and uh, how important and, and big is it to have him uh, in some of those situations, you know, throw up a jump ball and he goes and gets it. Yeah, I mean the catch he made, like I said earlier, between Bo and him on that third down, eleven or twelve. I mean that was that was really something from the sideline to watch that one. It's about the only place the ball could be, and he elevated. And then, of course, the the fade when they kind of knew the fade was coming, and it was just a great throw and a great catch. And um, you know, I think he played pretty good without the ball too. You know, we've asked him to play on special teams this year, and you know, I think that's helped him too. Hi, coach. Going off of that. How have you seen that connection between Bo and Seth grow over the past year in the offseason? Yeah, well, first of all, they're they're both extremely close, and they're always kind of talking after plays in practice, and they're on the same page, and they're starting to develop that uh, that special connection between a quarterback and a receiver. Um, 
and of course, you know, there was some some big plays today, and you know, I think there was a huge a huge play on a deep crosser that the underneath guy got up underneath. I think Bo threw it off his back foot, and um, there was a lot of really good plays between the two today. Our last question is from Joe Goodman. <clears throat> Gus, what's the biggest uh, improvement you're seeing out of Bo Nix in year two? Just being a veteran, uh, just the confidence, um, and being a leader. Um, you know, there, there's there's no doubt, there's no uh, wondering. I mean, he knows he knows what what he wants, and you know, he's one of our leaders. Uh, Coach, just um, thoughts on Terry Wilson's game, um, how he came back. The first game coming back from injury. Well, there, there's a lot to build on there. Um, there's a lot he can do better, um, but you know I think the turnovers were were a big uh, piece of it uh, for him. And you know that that's hard to simulate uh, that in practice. And, and um, so um, you know I think that's the the critical area where he needs to improve is is securing that football uh, in the run game and then. Uh, with the interception late in the first half, bad decision there. But uh, I think he did a lot of positive things and a lot lot to build on. So just like uh, most of our guys and all of us, uh, some good and, and some to, needs to improve. Mark, you all acknowledged all through camp that Terry was going to have some rust that he was going to have to shake off. How much of his mistakes today are things that you think he can get corrected just by playing more after the long layoff? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, he'll build on this. He'll he'll bounce back quickly and uh, be ready to play uh, next week. And so I thought there was a lot of positive things here that he did. Mark, what was the explanation you got from the officials on uh, Chris's play at the goal line right at the end of the half? It looked like on review he was in the end zone, so it wasn't really clear what exactly they ruled in that situation. I I, I uh. I don't understand it either. Um, he was clearly in. Um, I, I really can't get a good explanation. Um, I didn't really get good explanations all, all day. I don't know if, uh, you know, us wearing these masks and all that, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, but, uh, you know, that, that was a, a, a tough, um, that was a big swing. Hey, Mark, just to follow up on that a little bit, uh, it was a big swing, but how much do you uh, did that carry over into the second half? What, what was the, the guy's mood from there? Well, you know, we can't let it. Um, you know, I don't know if it did. I mean, we came in at half knowing that uh, we were doing some very good things, and, and um, you know, certainly our guys felt comfortable. They felt, you know, physical and felt like, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough game, a close game, and uh, – you know, whether that affected us or uh, I don't know. Um, we certainly didn't get off to a fast start. I think two, three and outs offensively uh, really hurt us uh, to start with. Was Max Duffy's fake a, a called fake or was that a situation where he, he got a read and just took off? Stand there. Sorry. That was a situation where um, it was a read, and uh, that, that's not on Max. That's on me. That's on us. Um, we had it on when we were down two, the possession be before, yeah, but we turned it over and we fumbled. 
and then uh, we went back out and being down nine, uh, that that's not when you call that. That, that uh, she couldn't have put that on Max. Um, that's my fault. I got to communicate. I got to uh, you know get you know take that off um, with my special teams coach uh, before you know prior to Max going out there. Um, take that read off of him. So that's on us. That's on me. All right, Shane. So it's all well here on the plains, and they've got a big game coming up with Georgia and then Kentucky. They got Ole Miss, who thought they looked a hell of a lot better than I thought they'd be. So, you know, this is going to be interesting. See how Kentucky responds. Thought mm-hmm. where does where do these two teams go from here? Do you think? Uh, again, not. I mean, it's not too early to hit the panic button here. Uh, I I I I think Kentucky's good both sides of the ball. I think it was just. It was like an eye opener, a true skim, a scrimmage they got to do, and and if anybody can work out these kinks, it's Coach Stoops. I think he's going to pull tape. They man, they've been watching tape since uh, since they got home, and mm-hmm. and I I think Kentucky will be fine. Same thing with Auburn. Auburn had a lot of great things. I just the thing I don't like about Auburn is they've got a lot of freaking weapons. And it just feels like they didn't make an effort to get them the ball. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, like Schwartz like, had three catches. That's like ridiculous. what are we doing there? Like if I had that toy in my in my my toy chest, and I took it, out, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I, I'm gonna imp, I'm gonna find ways. I'm gonna have uh, about five pages in my playbook just giving you ways to give this man the ball because. Mm-hmm. He did show when he did touch the ball that he's one of the most electric people in college football. And I just, that blew my mind. So, uh, and also getting back to running. I, here we, we, we toted these guys up, you know, as a, as a sneaky good running back core and they just got away from it. And I, and I don't know if that was more to do with the offensive line, which maybe, maybe that was the problem. Uh, but it, it just, I, I need to see more on the ground and, and, and find ways to get your playmakers the ball. And obviously Kyle Trask is, a, is on a different level right now than Terry Wilson, but Terry mm-hmm. Wilson can't, you know, find success against Ole Miss after what we saw from their defense on Saturday. I'm going to be real concerned about Kentucky. And if they call 37 pass plays, <laughs> I'll be very, very worried about uh, what's going on there in Lexington. So if Joey gets cleared, man, how short's that leash? I think he got, I mean, if he plays like this again. Yeah, yeah. I was ready to see the true freshman on Saturday, Bo Allen, because cause this ain't getting it. This ain't getting no. it done. Hey, Shay, well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to MyBookie.ag and you put in the promo code THATSEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000 so you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. And we mm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross-sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that 
Winning season begins today only at my bookie with that promo code that SEC. All right, Shane, the game you've been waiting for. <laughs> Cardiac ball. <laughs> Pulled one out here in Columbia Saturday night. This game was drunker than I was. Tennessee wins 31-27. Really weird game, I thought. You know, all over the place where at times, I mean, like South Carolina comes out the gate, puts together a touchdown drive. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Tennessee's going to just, you know, shit the bed here like they've done so many times in these openers. Then the defense basically shuts them out for about two and a half, three quarters. Looks outstanding. Then they fall – that didn't fall apart, but uh, then then South Carolina got some momentum. Uh, I thought Tennessee in spurts looked just totally inept, and then in other times they looked unstoppable on offense. Right, aside from you know Garantano was not very accurate. You know he wasn't uh, he didn't kill him with any turnovers or anything. That's the you know the silver lining there. But I saw a lot of people you know, questioning a lot of these play calls Tennessee had, particularly the one I'm thinking about late in the game. They have the lead, trying to kill the clock. They call three pass plays, and everyone's giving them hell because they, you know, it's, they take 40 seconds off the clock and then they punt it. But one of those was a drop, would have been a first down. The other, Garantano had the guy wide open, throws it. If he was a nine-foot receiver, he, it was too high. If you're a play caller, you're doing your job. It's the players on the field got to do their job. And I don't know how you go into these games with confidence if you're Jim Chaney, if you can't trust Garantano to deliver the ball where it needs to be more often than not. Now, that's not to completely shit on the guy. I mean, he had 259 yards, 259 yards of touchdown. Like I said, no interception. He didn't kill him. He even made some plays with his legs. So uh, Garantano was not terrible by any means, but – I thought exiting this game, Colin Hill was kind of the better quarterback. I thought he was a lot better than I anticipated he would be. I was even a little bit surprised by uh, South Carolina's running game. I thought these running backs, I thought they played pretty well for the most part. Um, And then Shai Smith, I mean, my God, he's going to be an All-American the way he played in this one. I don't know if that was more Tennessee's defense or just Shai Smith being a really, really good player. Of course, the, the game comes down to a special teams error. We saw plenty of that around the SEC this week. Tennessee even had a, uh, you know, the bobbled punt and the punter threw it to the damn guy that snapped the ball, which is illegal. But uh, what was your main takeaway from this one, Shane, and this, this wild, wild Saturday night showdown between the two SEC East rivals? Well, that Gar- Garantano ain't it. Uh, you know, I'm just, uh, trust me, man. I mean, you can look at a box score and say, you know what? It looks like he had a pretty decent day, but if you're watching that game, there was a lot of passes behind these receivers. There's a lot of passes over these receivers. There was a lot of, uh, five yard, 10 yard passes that were freaking darts, like a hundred miles an hour. It's like, you got to learn touch. And so he was amped up again, man. Mm-hmm. But then he comes out and he'll throw a dime for 30 yards. And you're just like, golly, you're in a, I, it's a love hate relationship. That's what I'm in right now. <laughs> you know, I, I love him and I hate him sometimes. So, but there was a lot of drops too. I, I'm not putting it all on him. There was, there was some catchable, there was a lot of catchable balls that, that these young receivers weren't able to do. So I'm sure they're going to be working on that this week. But I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, if I could have switched Colin Hill and, and Garantana like we just left him there and, and brought Colin back, I'd do it. 
<laughs> because uh, I, I think they got something special, man. That that kid's got heart. Three three ACLs. They remind us about fifteen times that it, that that his legs barely hanging on. You know, we get that, but he he gave it all, man, and he threw some great passes in this. I thought there was a lot of good things that did come from the South Carolina game, and and I know South Carolina fans don't want to hear this, but the 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 talent's not even. You know, the fact that this came down to to the end of the game with a, a freaking block punt that you should feel pretty good because South Carolina shouldn't be going toe to toe right now with Tennessee and uh, especially their defense because Tennessee's defense is legit and, and they kind of had their way, which surprised me, especially in the running game. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if, and don't, don't get mad at me, Mike, but I'm going to tell you right now, this, this final, the final 10 minutes of this game, it came down to coaching, and and we were lucky. I, I mean, swear, I, we were extremely lucky that uh, that they have Muschamp. I ain't gonna lie, Mike. Uh, I, I I think it's time. I, I I'm kind of glad they have him because if they didn't, man, they easily would have won that game because of all the mistakes Tennessee balls made. Now let me ask you about the Muschamp's decision to kick the field goal. Let me let me set the scene okay. for everybody. Right. I mean, obviously, South Carolina, Tennessee fans know it well, but seven-point game, South Carolina down seven, 316 left in the game. Now, it was fourth and 12, but Muschamp decided to kick the field goal to go down four. South Carolina did have all their timeouts as well, but, I mean, people were damn furious with this decision. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get it on one hand, but at the same time, you know, fourth and twelve—that's a—that's a tough ask when you don't have any. You got one reliable receiver. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, hell, I honestly thought if not for that, you know, muff on the punt, whatever or whatever you want to call it, where Tennessee, you know, obviously that—that's how they won the game because of a error on special teams by South Carolina. I thought if South Carolina got the ball there, I thought they were going to drive down the down the field and win it. So, I don't know. What was your thoughts on Muschamp deciding to kick the field goal down seven with 316 left in the game? That's that's within the 10 minute. I mean, when they lined up for a field goal, I was like, oh, I love this guy. You know? <laughs> I, I was like, I absolutely love this guy. Why would you do that? What's the benefit? There's no benefit, Mike. You know, I, I just... I get it. You're you're you got three minutes left, and but it's not like their defense was really holding us up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, long as it wasn't a third down, we were moving the ball. You mm-hmm. know, uh, and and I and I think on their end they were pretty efficient. It says here they were six six of fifteen on third downs. They when when they got into a third down situation, even though some of them were were long, they found ways to 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 make those points up or make those yards. So I. They had all the momentum, and I, I think they just took the air right out of the sails, man. When when he he lined up for a field goal, which by the way, fantastic kicker. Uh, you know, I, I like to think we've got one of the better kickers, but damn, that that guy he's got a hell of a leg on him. He's got a future, but I, I just think it was uh, I think it was a terrible call. I think they could have got the first down. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad they didn't go for it because I would have been nervous, man. I probably <laughs> had a heart attack. 
I was about to have a heart attack this whole game, man. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I had to stop drinking, man. I was getting so anxious, and I was just like, man, it's like every game we go into. We get into a shootout, it's going to come down the wire. We could be playing Vanderbilt. We could be playing Clemson. and it don't matter. This thing's going to come down the end, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to get anxious. So, uh, But anyway, this, 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 was a, this was a good game for both teams because they realized how far along they are, and, and or I should say, how, un, how could you say that? Like, like they got a lot of work to do, both mm-hmm. these guys. Uh, not not just Tennessee, but also South Carolina. Uh, that I, I feel bad about that front of South Carolina. You know, this is, when Tennessee came out that second half and they got behind those hogs and they just freaking just ran it right down their throat. It, it kind of blows my mind that we didn't keep that up, but it also worries me for South Carolina because they are very small up front. And there's going to be a lot of coaches that are going to watch this, this, this footage. And they're going to, they're going to realize how, how small and thin they are up front and, and they're going to take advantage of it. So they're going to have to find ways to implement more pressure from their defense. uh, uh, Something they just weren't able to do, man. All right, so let's kick it over to uh, Jeremy Pruitt, talked after the game about Jerry Garantano's performance, on the defense's performance, and then on his team continuing to find ways to win. And then on the other side, Will Muschamp talks about that decision to kick the field goal down 316 in the game on Colin Hill's first performance as a Gamecock, and then on only two receivers catching a pass for South Carolina. Jeremy, how would you uh, assess what you saw from Jarrett tonight? You know, in, inconsistent. I mean, he made he made some really good. De- his decision making was good. Uh, I, I think there was a couple of times, you know, maybe he was confused a little bit. His decision making was good. I know he would like to have some throws back. He was a little high on some throws, uh, but you know what? We, I mean, uh, we had hardly any wide receivers practice for a, a long time. I mean, we've got them back for the last five days. Hopefully, we can clean some of this up and. Uh, get our timing better uh, for next week. Can you talk about your overall defensive performance in that you always want to make a team one-dimensional? And I think they only had 40 rushing yards after three quarters, but they were able to continue with Shy to, to get a lot of connections. Can you just talk about what y'all tried to do defensively and what y'all were able to do? Well, we didn't get off the field on third down in that one drive there, the first drive. Um, and you got to give them credit. Um, you know, if y'all noticed tonight, we played Bryce at safety. Uh, you know, Warren Burrell and and um, and uh, Jalen McCullough uh, have been out. Uh, they've only practiced a few days. Uh, Sean Schamberger didn't make the trip, so uh, we were piecing it together there a little bit. Uh, knew that coming in, so um, but we we were inconsistent. We we had a chance to kind of put our foot on our throat and we didn't we got to give them credit and we got to quit making mistakes and uh, got to do a better job coaching that's on me so we'll, we'll we'll coach them up better hopefully between now and next week coach you started the last two season not winning and tonight you guys starting down seven nothing and you guys came back you know how proud you felt with your players you know this win, you know, with you said in the beginning, you know, how tough this post uh, off uh, you know, the off season was. How proud you felt when your players overcome so many difficulties, you know, start from behind and coming back. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled that they found a way, you know. So 
Um, there's lots of things that we can work on and improve, I'm sure. Uh, there's probably lots of things that we did well. Um, but, you know, the, the bottom line is we're leaving Columbia with a W, and that's what we came here for. Coach, you just touched on finding a way. Now that you've won seven in a row and four of them have been, you know, one possession games, do you feel like that's one of the, the things that your squad has gotten better at is just knowing what it takes to win, not panicking in, in close games, and, and like you say, finding a way? Well, I think they believe. Uh, they believe in each other. They believe in our program. They believe in our culture. Um, and, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's not easy in this league, right? So uh, we're, we're not going to complain about winning a football game. I can tell you that. We're going to celebrate winning one on the road in this league. It's hard to do. So we're going to celebrate, and we're going to go back and fix what we can fix tomorrow and take Monday off and go to work on Missouri on Tuesday. Hey, Coach, uh, did you strongly consider going for that fourth and 12 before the field goal, and what was kind of the, the thought process and the approach there? Well, if it had been less than fourth and 12, I, I probably would have. But in that situation, I got Parker. He's going to kick the ball. We have three timeouts. We probably shouldn't have taken the timeout on the seven-yard gain or eight-yard gain on the first and ten situation. But we got the ball back with a, a minute 29 with our offense, and, and I felt very comfortable by, with that. So uh, we, we made a, a situation there. So we had an opportunity to win the game with 129. We didn't get an opportunity because of the, because of the, uh, the situation on the punt return. I thought he played well. I mean, he had a, a couple drops, in my opinion. You know, the, the interception, I don't know. I mean, uh, unfortunate bounce right there. Uh, you know, had, had a there late to get a first down um, on the last drive where we kicked the field goal. Uh, we, we, you know, I thought he put the ball in some places. He's got to be better security in the pocket uh, on scrambling that one time before half. We were fortunate to get the ball back there. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I thought that he was accurate with the football, got us in and in out of the right. Uh, you know, run game and protection for the most part, uh, but, but I thought he did a nice job. Well, I think you only had two receivers catch passes tonight. Was that just something where in the offense they, they, the other guys weren't open, or are you concerned at all about the depth you guys have at that position right now? Uh, I, th I think that's kind of the flow of the game. I mean, obviously, Shy had a hot hand, and, and we had some things designed to go to him. Uh, Xavier, you made some, a couple really nice plays, and obviously the 42-yarder there. Uh, Nick's been a guy that's been a threat over the middle. We, we've liked throwing the ball to our backs in camp. You know, they uh, Deshaun and Kevin and uh, and uh, Zaquandre have all caught the ball well out of the backfield. Uh, and, and you know, DeCaron's done a nice job. We had we, we a bunch of guys played. I just don't know that you know we got the, the balls to them. Sometimes the primary read's going somewhere else at this time. But uh, I think those guys can all help us. All right, Shane. So. You know, one thing I did want to remind you, I mean, this is, uh, you know, something that's been said time and time again, and mm -hmm. I do like to share it immediately after the game ends. <laughs> it's like I can try to be first, but <laughs> Tennessee's on a seven-game winning streak, best in the mm -hmm. SEC, not necessarily the Power Five. Some people think Power Five in the nation. Notre Dame's got a longer winning streak. Air Force also not Power Five, but they've got a longer winning streak right now, so I mean, any way you slice it, very impressive. Yes, you can question, you know, the quality of the opponents they're winning, but, I mean, these are SEC games for the most part, and I don't care who you are. It's Will Muschamp will tell you, any coach will tell you, this. it ain't easy winning these SEC games, particularly mm -hmm. that many in a row. But it's almost, to me, it's like Tennessee is a program that has learned how to win these tight games. They 
they have a culture of winning. They have, they believe in themselves. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it just says a lot about the program that you play in a game like this where Jeremy Pruitt admitted after the game, they didn't even play that well. And he didn't suspect they would play well. And yet you win on the road. So just how encouraging is that, that, you know, once they do kind of get, get it all figured out and, and get pushing in the right direction and, stop having half the team sit for a couple of weeks <laughs> that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential with this Tennessee team. There really is, man. Uh, I, I, I know I was giving Tennessee a hard time earlier and I'm giving South Carolina a hard time, but you know, both sides of these, uh, of this, I, I just think, I, I think this was important. This was an important game for them. It was a tune up game. And, um, and as far as Tennessee, you know, it ain't pretty, man. If you look at the games, yeah, we may have the longest SEC streak right now, but I'm telling you what, it is a, it is a, it is not good for your health to watch these games. And <laughs> because they come down the wire, but they're finding ways to win. And, you know, years past, we've always been on the opposite end of that. We find ways to lose games. So um, I, I think that's important, man. We've got, we, we've got some winners. And we've, we've started out slow, what, two seasons now? I mean, what, what was it? Uh, we, we lost to Georgia State last year, and then mm-hmm. the year before that it was, what, West Virginia. Right. You know, so this is a, this is a good start for Tennessee. This is uh, – usually we find ourselves like week three. So I'm hoping that, that they found something here week one and, and they grow off of it. And, of course, we were down. We were down a lot of – you know, we t- – Talk about a lot of teams, but uh, we were we were down a few players coming in this thing. Mm-hmm. Hey Shane, all right, oh, real yeah. quick, uh-huh. did you ever hear what happened to Shamburger? No, that's one of those. Is he like done done, or is he like just for the week? Or no, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to necessarily speculate, but I think he's going to be out for two weeks, and I don't know if that started last week or the week before. So yeah, I think they certainly missed him though. I think that's why they couldn't cover Shy Smith because they didn't Dude, have that nickel corner, you know. That's exactly right, man. I'm telling you, Shy looks freaking amazing compared to last year and the year before. Uh, they they got themselves a hell. They always find a receiver, mm-hmm. and uh, but they need somebody else to step up. That uh, he can't do it all, but I mean, at the end, he had everybody's attention and still was coming up with with yards down the field. So uh, there's there's a lot of good things here, South Carolina. Don't get discouraged either because you got you know. You, you control your own destiny as well, and and I guarantee you, South Carolina is going to get it right, and they'll, they'll win a few games before the season's up. All right, Shane, let's uh, kick it on down to Oxford next, where Florida. I mean, my God, their offense put on a show, fifty-one <laughs> to thirty-five. Yeah, I thought Florida would score a ton of points here and look really good. I didn't think their defense would look so questionable. But hell, a win's a win. They covered the spread. Lock of the week come through, baby. Yeah. Kyle Trask, I mean, he was dicing them up. You know, we got a lot of um, a lot of people came at us when we said Kyle Trask was the best quarterback in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And then over the weeks and months, when I guess people started to go back and watching these games, they, you know, of course they didn't credit us, but they started making the same claim and yeah. and this is why right here. I mean, my God, this is a first time in an opener. He's the guy and he just I mean, he looked like an NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? He was just slicing and dicing this damn old miss defense and 
you know, of course, Kyle Pitts had himself a day four touchdowns for the tight end. He's just a matchup nightmare. He was unstoppable. Eight catches, 170 yards. Yeah, he just caught another touchdown, Mark. <laughs> Florida, set, Florida set the record for most yards, I believe, in a uh, SEC showdown here. So, I mean, just an incredible, incredible performance by the Florida offense. They play like this, they may not lose a game. But then on the other end, the defense, I mean, so many missed tackles, some, you know, bad coverage at times. I've, I've touted Elijah Moore, the Ole Miss receiver, as a great player. He caught 10 passes for 227 yards. He's not that good. You know what I mean? Like, he shouldn't mm-hmm. be – you shouldn't be allowing a guy like that. Triple him. Do whatever the hell you got to do. Limit his ass. But 227 yards is ridiculous. You know, let's give Matt Corral a ton of credit, though. He looked outstanding. This was probably the best he's ever looked in college mm-hmm. football. 395 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And Lane Kiffin – May have found himself a quarterback here. John Rice plumbly got in the game but didn't get to play much. We'll jump to Kiffin's comments on that here in just a second. But certainly looks like, you know, let's credit our guy, uh, SEC Stat Cat, I believe it was, yeah, that said Matt Corral, just a perfect fit for Kiffin here. And it certainly looked like it in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like a guy that's going to keep them in contention. Killer hair, too. <laughs> Looked man, like Coolio, I, did he? <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to have that hair, man. I'd be playing Gangster Paradise all the time. So, no, this, this is a great game, man. I, and I'm telling you right now, if you're a, a first off, I out of all the games, man, all the teams in the SEC, there's, there's, like, if I had to dread, if I dread playing one team the most, dude, it's the Florida Gators. It's a, it's an absolute freaking unit, man. Mm-hmm. Not only does Kyle Trash look amazing. But they may have the best tight end in the country. Yeah. I mean, tight end. I use that. I mean, he's a he's a big body receiver is what he is. Mm-hmm. But also, it was good to see Tony out there, man. Tony, you know, he he's that human joystick, and and they just got so many weapons. And as soon as you bottle up those two, then there's you know there's Grimes or uh, even Copeland got. I thought Copeland would have done better, but anyway. Uh, it's just, they've got so many weapons on that offense. It's, 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 it's scary. Now on the flip side, Ole Miss, you've got to be really happy, man. I mean, here I'm, I'm touting Florida as one of the best teams in the country and you went toe to toe with them. There was, there was a moment that this was a ball game and I just think Ole Miss ain't deep enough yet. And, uh, and I think they will be, but as far as coaching, man, I'm telling you what, Lane Kiffin had a playbook and and he was using them and he kept them in this ball game as long as he could. Uh, I'm kind of surprised uh, my boy Plumtree didn't get out there more, but I guarantee here in the next week or two you're going to start seeing a little bit more of him in there because that's just that's just a, a freak athlete you can't keep off the field. Mm-hmm. And you know this, I say they covered, but by God, it literally came down to the last play. It was one of those deals where. Didn't really matter if Ole Miss scored or not for the game, of course. You know, two-touchdown game, but I believe it was four seconds left. It was uh, – <laughs> they were in within the five-yard line trying to score a touchdown. They completed. I look like a fool, but they incomplete. So, I mean, this thing came down to the wire. But basically, any time Ole Miss touched the ball, it was – you were holding your breath if they were going to score. Same as Florida. So, it was, you know, it was a back-and-forth shootout. All of a sudden, the SEC is looking like the Big 12, Shane. Yeah, <laughs> but we do. We should note that uh, right before the game, Florida announced thirteen guys out, 
Now, they again, they didn't announce any of these, so I think this is a mix of COVID and suspensions. But So they could, they could certainly improve on that defensive side of the ball, and I anticipate they will because under Dan Mullen's leadership, the Gators always play better at the tail end of the year than they do at the beginning. So if this is the worst they're going to be this year, watch out for the Gators. A big reason why I picked them to win the East here. Didn't know they – how many guys they have out? Thirteen. Oh, buddy, the Gators are back. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's hop out over to Dad Mullen's comments on uh, Kyle Trask's big day. Uh, the questions are really hard here from Mullen, so that's why I'm making it clear here on Florida missing so many tackles, on Kyle Pitts having such a huge game, and then on setting the uh, Florida record for total offense. And then we flip it over to the other side. Lane Kiffin talking about Matt Corral and Elijah Moore, the connection those two have on his defense struggling so much against Florida, and then uh, on John Rice Plumley's role moving forward. I think certainly. I think I think there's a lot to being a veteran quarterback, uh, you know, and especially in this situation. Uh, you know, I mean, he comes out in a game one, a defense that we hadn't, uh, you know, new D coordinator on a new staff. You don't know a lot about. We kept things, you know, base offense uh, of what we were doing, and he just, he, you know, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you get, you get. I'm looking at my screen. And he uh, he did a good job of, uh, you know, of managing the whole offense, managing the game, getting us into the right plays. Uh, you know, all the adjustments we made on the sideline, he did a great job getting to those adjustments and, uh, uh, you know, and, and creating and finding the mismatches all over the field. I think we did a really good job of that all day. The, on the other side of the football, what was your impression? Ole Miss got a lot of yards. Right. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of that. we got to get a lot better at to be honest with you. But I think, you know, when you, when you haven't tackled, we've tackled twice since the Orange Bowl. You know, normally you got a lot of spring ball. You're getting physicality. You're getting tackling. You know, we only did two in the in the in the in our scrimmages, and they were spread out over this long period of time. Uh, we were down some guys defensively today. Hopefully, we get some guys back for next week. You know, and you add all that together. I mean, you just haven't played a lot of football. And you saw it today. We haven't hit a quarterback since the Orange Bowl last year. Uh, and you know, you look at all the quarterback scrambles that went on today. You know, in practice, you're not allowed to touch a quarterback. You know, you get the tackling. Um, we have, we've only tackled twice since the Orange Bowl last year. So, and then, you know, we all knew Pitts was capable of this. Maybe not this, but we all knew he was obviously very good. But there's a little bit of a coming out party for him. Where's where's the guy's limit for this kid? Yeah, I mean, he's a special player. And, and but you know what? One of the things you always try to do is create matchups. And if you saw some of the matchups we were able to create with him today. You know, he, he's that matchup problem, for, you know, as a tight end. That's what you like is, you know, you get, you get backers matched up on him. That, that's a problem for them in the pass game. You know, you put DBs on him in the run game. He's a physical blocker at the point of attack. And, uh, you know, that's what you want in the tight end position. And, and, and you know, we've been seeing it in, in training camp. Uh, I, I know he's had a chip on his shoulder and, and wanted to go show what he could be this year and has really, to me, uh, taken a step forward even as, as a complete tight end of what we want. Well, a lot, obviously. You know, I mean, you, they, uh, they, you know, they hear that negativity, but I think those guys go watch themselves. They have pretty high standards, 
And I think a lot of that is, hey, you know, we, we did some things. We weren't great running, but we were a great passing team. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we went into games thinking we're going to throw it a lot more than run it. And so we spent a lot more time on that part of the game. Um, you know, and so if you look the offensive line today, uh, I thought Held Up did a pretty good job. I mean, we ran the ball for almost 200 yards. Uh, so that's that's pretty good day running the football offensively. And now they have some experience. So now, you know what, when they're walking out there on the field, these guys have played. Last time, you know, they were trying to figure it all out. When when when, when it starts moving on game day, uh, you know, it's a little harder, easier to make adjustments, a lot more comfort for those guys now and, and more confidence in what we're doing. And, you know, I think, you know, we want to stay balanced. Uh, throughout the year, but, you know, we threw for more yards when we passed for We threw it a couple more times when we passed. And, uh, you know, I mean, Brian loves to throw it. He's quarterback. I, I, so the, uh, you know, calling some of the calling the, some of the plays here to, to keep doing it. But, but we have great matchups on the outside. So, you know, I'm, not, I'm never just going to sit there and bang my head against the wall. We, we want to be balanced. Uh, but if we can rush the ball for over 200, you know, I'd like to get four. We're four away. If we can get 200 yards rushing every game, I'll be pretty happy with 200 yards rushing. Lane, it just seems like that uh, connection between Matt and Elijah was really working today. What did you like about uh, that connection in this matchup, and uh, how have you seen that chemistry develop over this offseason? Well, I thought Elijah, you know, was really special from looking at film last year and then getting to work with him. You know, when I first, you know, met him after watching, said, "Hey, you know, you got to work harder than anybody in the country because you know you're you're going to shatter the school record for most catches in a year. We've done that at every place we've been and." And had he had a full schedule this year, you know, as you saw from today, um, you know, I think he would have done that. And, you know, so it would be a lot harder, obviously, with 10 conference games and no non-conference games. But he's a special player. Um, unfortunate, we get the holding, you know, another significant play, the holding call, or, or else he's going to score, you know, have 11 catches for 260 or something. So, um, and, and Matt played really well, uh, you know, which was good because we had not played well in the passing game the last couple of scrimmages. I mean, we didn't we didn't come close to this against our service team, so it was great to see uh, today against a team that usually people don't do that to. You know, they're they're always good on defense, always give you issues, have really good players, and so um, there was some really good ex execution by those two guys. Coach, I guess the counter to that is Trask goes for. 450, they have 600 yards offense. What did he do so well? And I guess, how do you guys kind of shore up that passing game on the defensive side moving forward? You got any answers? So, you know, that was a tough one. I mean, that's about as, you know, bad as you can play in, in against the pass, obviously. You know, 30 of 42, 416, six touchdowns, no picks. So those are video game stats. So a lot of credit to him. You know, the tight end was unbelievable. You know, two of the touchdowns he's double covered on, on the call. Um, and obviously, you know, Kyle knows what a player he is, so he forces the ball to him and, and they get two touchdowns. So a lot of credit to them. They did really good and, and we did not play well. Lane, you had sparing use of Plumlee and uh, limited use of that two quarterback set that you were running in the beginning of the game. Uh, what adjustments do you kind of plan to make to your quarterback rotation and that kind of two-quarterback set we saw at the beginning for next week? Well, I think that, you know, we probably would have seen more of John. Um, you know, we we did that early to give them problems and make them, you know, what we call burn chalk, you know, so they've got to figure out, you know, how to play every defense against that with two guys in. And, and sometimes one was a quarterback, sometimes the other one was a quarterback. So 
Um, and then with Matt playing so well and being behind, um, then, you know, uh, we, we kind of went solely with Matt there. But um, I think, you know, had, had Matt not been playing so well in the passing game and us being behind, you would have seen more of John. And then secondly, the turnover double bag of cash, what was that? You know, we have two things. We have, you know, a turnover bag and we have a touchdown chain. So we let the players pick things out and, you know, do whatever they want. All right, Shane. So thoughts on all that. And, uh, you know, where do we go here with the Florida Gators? They've got all of a sudden their schedule looks pretty light. South Carolina, Texas A&M, LSU, the next couple. They should be favored in all those matchups. And then here, if you're Ole Miss... You got Kentucky next week, which all of a sudden, you know, if Kentucky goes in the tank or something, maybe, maybe Ole Miss can get some momentum going here. So I don't know wh- which direction you going here. Yeah, like I said, man, I, I think Ole Miss just showed that they can, they can play ball, man. I mean, when it comes to X and O, that's one thing. Link Giffen's never, no, no one's ever doubted the fact that that he's a he's a fantastic play caller, and, and I think it's just. I don't know. I, I think he came prepared. The guys looked good. Uh, they were well balanced. I, I think you know, Ole Miss. I, I know you had them there at last in the in the West, but man, I'm telling you, after watching that performance, I I think they're going to steal some games this year. And Kentucky's a a good one to to be playing because here they're coming off, man, the world beaters. They were they were expecting to upset Auburn Tigers, you know. And if there's a little bit of a hangover then uh, don't be surprised if that ain't a ball game. Now, Florida, Florida's just swinging that bat, man. I mean, they came out, they, they like I said, they, they look great. They, they look like, like national contenders, man. I mean, I think there's a good shot that, LSU, that Florida is going to be favored in every game they play this year. That, mm. I, I just, I think the Even the against them they, balls? Well, of course, they'll be favored. I didn't say they're going to win, Mike. I just said. <laughs> no, I just, I, I think that's the team, man. Uh, seeing every, watching all the games played, like I said, Dan had these boys ready to go. They were a little slow uh, on the defense side there at the first half, you know. But once they got those corrections in, man, uh, Florida didn't look back. And they're deep. So, and apparently out of, out of, with 13 players. So, they're going to be even better shape next week. So, yeah, uh Florida's my my favorite to win the East easily. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, next game, Shane. Let's uh, kick it on down to Fayetteville. Oh, no, <laughs> Where Georgia, you know, they ended up whipping up on Arkansas a little bit here, thirty-seven to ten. But man, this was—I uh, hate this game. This was one where at halftime, everybody was hitting that panic button. Arkansas was up seven to five. It was an ugly, ugly one. And I tried, man, how I tried to pump the brakes on this Dwan Mathis hype. Mm-hmm. He looked really, really bad. 55 passing yards, interception, 8 of 17. He got benched, and that was kind of the key to the game because Stetson Bennett came in and sparked the offense a little bit. They didn't even need much help because the way the defense was playing, I, they gave up the big play to Traylon Burks. I thought Felipe Franks actually looked really, really solid. Uh, for the most part, he had two interceptions, of course. That that was killer. But the way the defense and special teams played, they had a block punt as well. They, I mean, they could have just won the game on them alone. 
they really only needed a touchdown or two and they, they could have called this one. But, you know, I think the bigger takeaway, and like I said, it's week one, we're not trying to overreact too much, but Georgia is not going to go very far if this is all they got on offense. Um, I mean, don't you mm-hmm. think? Yeah, uh, but, I mean, a couple things here, Mike. This was a very, very, very ugly game, uh, especially for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now, Arkansas, I, I, there's, you should be happy right now. I, I, I would imagine if I'm an Arkansas fan, you lost, yes, to Georgia, but, damn, it was awful close. And there was a couple things go your way. Who knows what could have happened. You were going against the number one defense in the country, and I think that's what the, the true tale is. Uh, as bad as Georgia's offense was, their defense kept them right in this game the entire time. Now they're going to be going against tougher offenses than uh, than than the Razorbacks, you know, in the upcoming weeks. So they can't afford to to have this slow, ugly starts. I mean, Dwan looked terrible. He did. I mean, I know he's a freshman, and this is this is a he's on the road. This there was a lot of things going. I was rooting for the kids. You know, he's got a he's got a hell of a story. So does so does Bennett, man. Mm-hmm. Here's a here, here's a guy that's been. Uh, with Georgia forever, leaves Georgia, gets you know, gets called back up, and, and now he he, I mean, just think about that. He been everything he's been through, and and to bring and the team was rallying, buddy. I mean, every time he was on the sideline, I mean, they he was an instant success story. Uh, but I don't think he's the future. Uh, I mm-hmm. I just think he was good for this game. And uh, he was exactly what Georgia needed. So kudos for bringing him in. They should have brought him in sooner. If you're, if you're, if I'm being honest, uh, you know, maybe they would have covered the spread, whatevs. But <laughs> Arkansas, just like Ole Miss, had a lot of good things. Man, uh, it, it just, it just felt like that defense was 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 making Georgia uncomfortable. Man, mm-hmm. was made. I mean, they, the script, the, the the what what Odom put together was fantastic and and, uh and i think what Pittman did i i just i just think if you're an arkansas fan you could see light at the end of the tunnel and you know they just got to get some more recruits they got to build competitive depth they're going to be in a lot of ball games this year just for the coaching alone I, i truly believe it yeah and you look at the score if you didn't watch it 37 to 10 you say okay i guess i could see that um you know georgia whipped up on them but it's more of what you said where the coaches really did a good job with this one. Mm-hmm. And if Arkansas had a roster that was even comparable to Georgia or slightly a notch below, what have you, they would have won this game. Yeah, They don't got the depth. They don't got the talent. But that didn't stop them from stuffing them on the line of scrimmage. For the most part, Georgia averaged less than three yards per carry. Now, also a huge issue for Arkansas was they couldn't generate their own rushing attack Rakeem Boyd, just 11 carries for 21 yards, but that's kind of to be expected with you got a work-in-progress offensive line. You're going up against probably the best defensive front in the nation, so that's going to happen. That's why you need Felipe Franks to show up like he did. He he played like a vet. You know, he could have played better, of course. He wasn't perfect, but going into week one, I thought this was, this was exactly what you kind of we're hoping in a best case scenario for the offense to look like early and he got kind of banged up, but you know, we got Burks involved. Um, we didn't get Trey Knox involved. That was kind of, that was not something I, I cared to see. They only got one catch for three yards and three targets, but they'll get him going. And 
this is just the classic. We've been saying it since it happened. I mean, they did Arkansas no favors with the schedule. And, you know, hell, if you would have maybe given them a Kentucky or a Ole Miss or something, maybe you would have won this game. I th- I really do think that. All right, let's uh, let's kick it over, though, to Kirby, who talked about uh, the decision to bench DeWan Mathis and put in Stetson Bennett on JT Daniels, his status. What's Where's that at? On the slow start and why it happened. And uh, he's leaving the door open even for DeWan Mathis to come back in. And then flipping over to the uh, the other side, Sam Pittman talks about Felipe Frank's debut, Traylon Burks, and him having a big game on the defense showing up to play this week and moving on to uh, next week's game against Mississippi State. Yeah, um, really sloppy first half. Uh, felt like I was in an extra innings baseball game because it went forever and um, we weren't scoring points. That's for certain. Uh Hey, Kirby, um, I'll start with the quarterbacks. Can you take us through the decision to, to bench Dwan and, and put in Stetson and where where this leaves you going forward? Yeah, you know, we were on the headphones and, and we talked and said we were struggling offensively. We didn't have a lot of rhythm and felt like we needed to change some things up. I don't know how many drives we were into uh, with Dwan's. It felt like five, maybe six. I don't know how many total it was uh, before we, we went with Stetson. But, you know, we just thought it would give us – some energy. There's some things he can do well, and uh, he's different than Dewan and in some of his experience. And it gave us a spark. Uh, it helped us out. He's he's very decisive with the ball. He makes good decisions. Uh, he understands what the defense is trying to do to him. So, hey Kirby, I want to ask you um, how J T. Daniels, uh, you know, his situation with his knee, and can he factor in um, to the quarterback situation in the next week? You think he can factor in uh, as soon as he gets cleared, and uh, I think he's. Got a lot of confidence as well. And when you say the two most experienced guys, uh, probably uh, JT and um, Stetson in terms of having played football games. But regardless of who the quarterback is, guys, we can't hold people. We can't line up in the backfield. We can't jump off sides. Uh, we can't turn the ball over. So a lot of that doesn't have to do with the quarterback position. And I know that's the one that everybody wants to talk about. And I, I respect that. But I'm also smart enough and wise enough to know that that's not all all the, the, the malfunctions we have were not just on the quarterback. Anything you can attribute that, that start to? Is there anything you can put your finger on as far as why you guys look so sloppy and uncharacteristic? Yeah, it starts with the penalties. It starts with guys busting assignments and guys missing signals and not doing what they're supposed to do. That's 100% what I attribute it to. So when you turn the ball over, which we did when we had a good drive, when you hold people and you line up in the backfield, you're not gonna have a lot of success. That's just not gonna happen. Nobody's gonna give you plays on second and 15 and second and 20. It's just not gonna happen. You gotta be efficient. You've gotta execute. You've gotta uh, uh, be clean. We call it playing clean. We did not play clean today. Coach, obviously, you know Coach Pittman very well to get uh, his first head coaching job here and, and, his, and get out there today. Just what did you see from his team and, and, you know, the fact that he's got, you know, a rebuilding effort to do? Well, we talked for the game, and uh, his kids believe, and I know from trying to start the program in Georgia, it starts with that fight and competitiveness. I, I respect the way his team played and competed um, right down to the wire. I, I love the fact that he was trying to fight and compete at the end to score call timeouts. I got a lot of respect for that because your kids, they need to, they need, they need that opportunity. You know, I mean, we're only guaranteed 10 games and those aren't guaranteed in the, the pandemic we're in. So you better enjoy it and go play. And, and they competed throughout the game. Uh, Sam, what, what do you think of Felipe's uh, play overall? He has to be 
more conscious with football. I mean, he's got to take care of the football. We were right in the game, and and uh, we threw a pick six, and, you know, part of that was the receivers ran into each other. You know, I thought we were very sloppy with formations, alignments on offense, and we've got to get that fixed. But Felipe has to take care of the football, and, and uh, I thought he played hard and those things, but you know, we got to help him a little bit more as well. Coach, uh, Traylon Burks, uh, seven receptions, 102 yards. His first touchdown uh, as Razorback. Talk about his game tonight. Today. Well, he's a really good player. Um, we certainly have to continue to try to get the ball to him more. Uh, he can win contested catches, and and he's a special player, special kid, special person, special player. So we have to continue to be able to run him a little bit more. Um, and get the ball to him more. But, he, you know, he, he, the touchdown grab he made and, and scored on was an exceptional play. And, and I think that'll be things to come. But we, we, we've got to target him more. What positives did you see out there today? I know the fans and uh, looking at social media, they saw some. What did, what did you see positive-wise out there today with, with your team? Defense. I was proud of them. I mean, they got put in some terrible – I mean – if the defense doesn't step up the first half, I mean, we could have been down, we could have been down three touchdowns. I mean, very easy because uh, we couldn't we couldn't get it off out of the we couldn't get it off the goal line. And uh, but the defense did a great job, especially in the first half. And I, again, I think they finished the game. You know, they gave up the field goal and the, the play before, the the possession before that. They made them punt so. Um, I was pleased with the defense. Hey, Coach, you know, you guys don't get a break in this league. You move on to Mississippi State. Just how did the guys react and you feel confident that they're just, you know, going to bounce back this coming week? Well, we're going to be fine. I mean, our, our players are going to play hard. And um, we talked to them after the game about where we were at half against number four team in the country. And what we have to do to end the game against the number four team in the country. Um, we're in the win business. And so that's what we want to do. And we have to learn from these type situations. And one of them is you can't turn the ball over three times against a team that's number four. You can't do it. And uh, you have to play better special teams and all those things. But I think our team, honestly, what I like to see, they hurt. They were hurting after the game uh, mentally because we lost a football game. And, and uh, if we didn't feel that way, we'd be in major, major trouble. But I think our guys understand that we can have a pretty good football team. We just keep working. All right, Chase. So all of a sudden, I mean, we talk about how easy the schedule kind of looks for Florida at the moment, if you can call it that, you know, with an SEC schedule, it's not easy, but easier Compared to Georgia, look what Georgia's got. Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama the next three weeks. All those teams won on Saturday. So, man, and college game day headed to Georgia. Yes. Should have noted that as well. Auburn, Georgia, game day is going to be down there. So, where do the Bulldogs go from here, Shane, with, uh, you know, just one of the, the sloppiest games of the week here in the SEC? Well, I think uh, – I don't think – I mean, here, Mike, yes, it was ugly. I, I think that there was a, a lot of things that that 
could have went Georgia's way that didn't, but I guarantee they played this game again. I, I think they they've worked some kinks out, and uh, I, because once they got going, Mike, you couldn't stop them. You couldn't slow them down. They're deep. Georgia's deep, and they'll be able to to go toe to toe with just about anybody in the country. And uh, I don't want them to panic. I mean, next week they got Auburn. I, I think. I think you're feeling okay, especially with the defense. Like I said, you, with all the mistakes that you made, you were still able to hold up to 10 points. That's huge, man. Arkansas has talent. I mean, Arkansas's deep. They got, they, they, with all the mistakes that were given, they, you should be a little upset that they shouldn't have more points on the board, but that's because Georgia has a fantastic defense. So that's, they're going to keep them in all these games, but you know, here you got game week next week, man. You talk, everybody's going to be watching. This is a CBS game. Everybody's going to be watching Auburn and Georgia, and you cannot afford to start out as slow and ugly as you did last year. You got to have some offense, and and it's it's a little discouraging because I thought you know we we thought this was going to be a whole new thing, man. Uh, how 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 often we're like, well, we ain't going to be watching the same old Georgia offense next year, you know. And, and, and they're sitting here, and now they can't even run the ball. So it's like the one thing that you could do, you can't do now until, uh, until uh, Stetson got out there, and then, then things opened up. So I, I'm, not, I'm not worried, but either JT's got to get healthy and cleared or, or they're going to have to do something else on offense because it, it really wasn't working opening up this game, and it's not going to work against all the teams in the SEC either. Mm-hmm. All right, Shay, let's uh, kick it on down to the other Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. Roll Tide! Where Alabama just came out, looked like a machine, beating back Missouri 38-19. to And that final score is a lot, you know, mis- it's very misleading because uh, Missouri scored 13 points late. I mean, Alabama was never threatened in this one. They came mm-hmm. out, jumped out to a 28-3 to lead. Mac Jones looked very, very efficient. I thought uh, Jalen Waddell was the star of the game for Alabama. He was unguardable. Najee Harris, three touchdowns, 98 yards. It's pretty, it's pretty wild when you got three touchdowns and it's just kind of a ho ho hum game. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he was out. He was outstanding. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but it's not like they even needed him. Of no, course, he's just yeah. Sorry, Sean Robinson got the start from Missouri. He was kind of the guy that we assumed, and he was very efficient. 19 to 25, 185 and a touchdown, but. Um, Missouri was able to move the ball, but they just were never able to really do much with it. And couldn't finish drives, would have a setback here or there, and just kill their momentum. And, um, you know, I thought this was one of those games where this was the only one where I took the points and I was wrong. And everyone I thought was expecting Missouri to just lay down and not have, you know, of course we knew it was only seven, but at one point we thought 12 guys were out and, it seemed like everyone assumed Alabama was going to win by 50, 60 points here. Mm-hmm. And you got to credit them for, you know, they didn't look great at the beginning, but maybe just resp- responding, never giving up. And, you know, overall encouraging start here for Eli Drinkowitz and his program. Uh, what, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough draw, obviously. But <laughs> right, right. You, you know, I could see why Saban's so, been so damn giddy, man. This team looked good. Alabama looked efficient. And uh, I, th- I think that's that's the main takeaway for me. And Mac Jones, man, he threw some dimes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like he was a systematic quarterback just doing his, you know, his reads and drop down slants and all this stuff. You know, he he was throwing some passes, and uh, and I, that has to be encouraging if you if you if you're a Tide fan because not only does your defense look good, but your offense is is it's a machine right now. And uh, I know I, I I just talked up the Florida Gators, but you know Alabama. They didn't have to do much, and, and and that's good too because they didn't have to show too much. But what they did show me is uh, Jones is legit. This team is legit and uh, probably the best team in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it would, to me it was kind of a lot of the same deal with Arkansas and Georgia where not to say if Missouri had better talent they you know, would have beat Missouri or, excuse me, Alabama, but – I think it would have been a lot closer game. It was just a complete mismatch to start. Uh, But I really credit the fight that the Tigers had. And I think they give me confidence that, uh, you know, in some of these other games where they match up a lot better, that they're going to be a problem for some of these SEC teams. So by the end of the season, I mean, they're going to be sneaking up on people. And here we're only one game into this 10-game slate, and I'm just kind of blown away by – uh, just, you know, some of these teams and, and how unpredictable it is. And, and you know, you got to realize, you know, with no spring football, just the training camp and going into these games, there's probably going to be a, many of these teams, particularly I'm thinking the first-year coaching staffs and the, yeah. the first-year coordinators, their teams and their units are going to be a lot better by the end of the season because they just – I mean, they're just simply lacking these reps, and they're unfortunately they're getting them in these live games. So, uh, I, I'm kind of encouraged by what I saw from Missouri and Alabama. They are who we thought they were. They're just a damn machine right now. And uh, I mean, prayers up to Texas A&M next week because you're getting the machine coming your way. So, uh, let's kick it over to Nick Saban, talking about Mac Jones and Jalen Waddle, and just that connection they got there on Dylan Moses' return. Uh, that's all we got from Saban. It was a short one. Eli Drinkowitz talks about Sean Robinson starting in his performance on uh, being able to move the ball successfully against Alabama, but just not really doing enough with it. And then on trying to stop Jalen uh, Waddle. Yeah, how encouraging was it to see uh, Mac Jones perform well? And then what have you seen from the connection between him and, and Jalen Waddle? Well, I, I think that Mac has performed well um, all fall camp. Um, no surprise to me the way he played uh, in this game. Uh, I think he's got really good chemistry with Waddle and Smitty both, and and I think Jonathan Mechie is making progress. Um, we just got to continue to develop more depth, you know, on our team, play more players. But, um, you know, Mac was really good tonight. He managed the offense really well. He made lots of really good decisions. So, um, you know, we just want to build on that and hopefully – um, we can as an offensive unit. Coach Mack seemed poised in the first half, made some really good throws. Was that was that just a carryover from what you've seen in the practices and scrimmages so far? Yeah, that's the way Max played, and uh, he's done a really good job. And I thought he played well tonight. And uh, you know they have a, a a good defensive team. You know those guys are physical, they're tough, they play a lot of close coverage, a lot of man to man, and. Um, they're a good front seven. I thought Mac handled the game really well. I thought he made good choices and decisions. He was accurate with the ball. Um, so I was very, very pleased with the way Mac played. 
Nick, how did the defense look in general um, in terms of improving in, in Dylan after 13 months after the ACL? Dylan played well. I think he's very confident. Um, you know, I, I think that um, we're very excited to get him back. I think he helps everyone play better. Uh, we made a lot of mistakes uh, on defense. Uh, they do a lot of formations. There was a lot of adjustments to be made. We had some young players playing out there, but I was really encouraged by the way we played defensively in the first half. Um, not the way we need to play on the second half. And the biggest issue was uh, third down. I mean, you know, we played well on third down, got off the field on third down. And when you play teams like this and they convert on third down, they extend drives. They're going fast. They're fast balling you. Uh, the most important thing is get off the field on third down. And we did that um, not very well in the second half. And that extended drives for them. Uh, and that's what um, was a problem for us on defense. Go to Cecil. Um, what kind of led to your decision to start Sean tonight? And how do you kind of evaluate his performance? I uh, thought Sean gave us the best chance to move the ball. Uh, with his legs and in some of the read game we were going to try. Um, and, you know, he'd played in some games before, so he had that experience against uh, some of these guys. And, and and I thought he handled it well. Uh, you know, I think him and Connor both had some flash points and, and uh, you know, both both did some things they got to learn from. Obviously, the sacks were very disappointing in the negative plays. And, and that's really the thing that we've been preaching all fall camp is we got to stay away from the negative plays. And, and both quarterbacks did some really good things, but uh, they got to eliminate the negative plays in order to, for us to be successful offensively. Eli, when you look at both quarterbacks, is it a situation where every week you'll kind of decide what to do and you kind of like what they both give you as a tandem? Yeah, I, I don't know. I hadn't thought about anything about moving forward. I just won't worry about tonight. We'll watch the tape and we'll figure out what we're doing moving forward. Coach, do you, you – just defensively, what were you trying to do to try and stop the likes of Jalen Waddell, and then how did you kind of just adjust when you saw that he was getting downfield and getting space? Yeah, I mean, that guy's a heck of a player. Uh, you know, we had several different times. I mean, the, the touchdown they threw to him, hats off to him and Mac Jones for a heck of a throw. We had a double team on him. Obviously, we didn't cover him well enough. But uh, he's a dynamic player. We tried doubling. We tried to mix in zone. We tried to heat up the quarterback. It uh, wasn't as effective as we wanted it to be, and so we'll chalk it up and go back to work next week. Hey, Eli, you guys were able to move the ball today. Um, I forgot. It's sounds, like 21st it sounds down. Like that surprises you. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Um, I, I was just curious, like, how much of you guys talked about just finishing drives and just the importance of that once you get into Alabama territory? Yeah, I mean, we we, we move the ball just fine. we got to stay out of negative plays. I mean, we can't take sacks. Uh, when we have a chance to execute on fourth downs, we got to execute the block. It's all about execution. Uh, we're not surprised by moving the football. I mean, we, we thought we had a good game plan. We thought we got good players. Uh, but we got to execute, and we, and we can't have self-inflicted wounds. And, and that's really what happened to us tonight. And, uh, you know, we're going to put our big boy pants on uh, and go to work tomorrow and figure out how to get it corrected. Um, we got another tall test next week. All right, Shane, so Alabama here, like I said, they got Texas A&M, which all of a sudden doesn't look like that formidable of a team, whereas Missouri, they're traveling to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on uh, you know, which direction you're going with here? What what kind of storyline intrigues you the, much, the most of these two heading into week two? Just the awkward, I don't want to call it revenge, but it's, that's what it is, Mike. Alabama's <laughs> on a revenge tour, buddy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think if 
if you're an Aggie fan, you're a little nervous, right? I mean, you got to be after seeing. I mean, we're about to talk about that game, but just how efficient. Like we talked about how sloppy a lot of these games were, and we expect that. Alabama wasn't that. They were prepared. They were ready to go. This team's bought in because they've got. They're on a mission, man, and uh, and and they're 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 wanting to steamroll anybody that comes in front of them. Yeah, I think you're right, and uh, it's nice when you got all this talk and all this hype leading up to a season, and then the team actually does it because mm-hmm. far more not. <laughs> I mean, you get a team that that's not capable of doing it, but Alabama, Nick Saban, they're just they've been doing it for damn. 15 years, you know what? And it was just everything. It wasn't like, you know, we look at the Florida game, we're like, oh, man, Pitts killed it, you know? Or we look at the Mississippi State and KJ, you know, it, Alabama wasn't. It wasn't – there wasn't a individuals. It was a it was a total team effort, and, and everybody did exactly what they were expected to. Now, you know, Nick got mad. I, I know he got upset because uh, they kind of let off the steam there in the second half, but – that just that just goes to show just that's that's their biggest concern was that they they took their foot off the gas a little bit, Mike. So I, I don't expect them doing that next week. All right, final game on the docket here, Shane. We saved this game for last for a reason. Whoa. <laughs> well, a couple Whoa. A couple of reasons. I didn't even have this on my TV. I had it on my phone, so I had a small viewing. I got to watch uh, you know a lot of the plays later on the computer, but. Uh, so I missed a lot of this in live real time, but Texas A&M holds on 17-12 to 12 over Vanderbilt. I mean, my God, what a ridiculous score this was. And, I mean, it was a sloppy-ass game. If you're Vanderbilt, Ken Seals, you know, he did throw two picks, but I thought, you know, in that debut. He looked good. I thought he looked outstanding. I think he got a quarterback to build around. This is exactly what you want if you're Derek Mason, a guy that you can groom into – being, you know, an upper echelon SEC quarterback, he, you know, he's far from that at this point, but he's off to a great start. Whereas Texas A&M, what in the hell are we doing here? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if, if you saw this one, Shane, but uh, they fielded a punt. They were about five, six yards in the end zone. The guy caught it, mm-hmm. and he still tried to run it out. There was a block in the in the end zone, a block in the back, so it's an automatic safety. I mean, that's that's the kind of performance. I mean, that sums up Texas A&M's day. They were just sloppy as hell. And, again, Kellen Mond, he didn't kill them. You know, 17 to 28, just kind of average, 189 and a touchdown, no interceptions. He did have a a bad fumble. But Isaiah Spiller saved the the day, eight carries, 117 yards. But – it was it was it was terrible, man. I'd be opting out too, Mike. Maybe that maybe that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe I feel like opting thought, out of watching them from here on out. I mean, that that was crazy. First off, let's give credit where credits due. Vanderbilt looked either really good or I, but I think it I think it's more that just Texas A and M looked really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sills Sills is good. Sills is legit, and I ain't gonna lie. That was watching him, and I was like, man, I wish. I wish he was our quarterback, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he just looks the part. He threw that. I, I watched that one. I mean, he, he had some, he threw some dimes out there, man. And, uh, wasn't afraid to push it down the field. Unlike Texas A&M. That's what I don't understand. It's like, the, like, I don't know if it's just not in the playbook or something. That's just, they don't want Kellen to throw more than 10 yards down the field. It's a bunch of dinking and dunking and, and then the the running game, it had moments. It looked really good. This 
Texas A&M, uh, the, the offensive line looks like garbage. It's just, I, I, you know, here, just to think, you know, five, six weeks ago, we were we were on cloud nine, man. You were predicting Texas A&M to win the West. And to go from that to what I saw Saturday, golly, I, I, I don't want to, out of all these teams, I don't want to hit the panic button on any of them because I I, I, I still think that a, these teams need a week or two to to get acclimated with uh, playing college football. But if I am close to a button, it's near. It's with the Texas A&M Aggies right now. I mean, we should be further along. This is you. You want to talk about continuity? Who did Texas A&M lose his coaching staff? None. Exactly. If anybody should be further along, it should be them, and they're not. So, uh, t- in fact, Vandy looked looked more efficient at times. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 I, my eyebrows are raised, Mike, and I'm keeping an eye on these guys because uh, if if we don't see it, and 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 it's not like they can just rebound. I mean, who they got this week, Mike? Alabama. Exactly. It's like. This was your tune-up game. You looked bad, but now you got Alabama. You can't afford – I mean, they could get blown out of the water if they play like they did Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's gut check time down there in College Station, and if they don't show up against Alabama, you know, certainly they're going to be a massive underdog. We're about to get to these lines, but if they don't, uh, you know, at least put can on a good – Can we pull Kellen Mall? Can we, can we do that? Are we allowed to do that? <laughs> Who's your who's the 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 guy uh, who's the backup there? Who's on your top twenty five? Uh, uh, oh yeah, um, Haynes okay. King. Haynes King, let's get him out there. I want to see what he's got because Mon ain't got it. I, I thought you know this would be the year, but I'm telling you, the kid ain't got it. As I think, as the, I, I think the issue down there is they don't have any receivers they can trust. Yeah, but you got to have somebody, Mike. I mean, they didn't even try. They didn't even throw it down the field. There was like I, I I swear I don't think there was a pass over ten yards and if it is I missed it or something you know but <laughs> right. it's just I, they they're not stretching the field so Coach Mason loves that he's like you know what fuck it we'll just move up you know we'll just <laughs> let's play this you want to play in this ten yard box we'll do it and that's why that's why it came out to be a seventeen twelve game or whatever it was jeez it was freaking ugly all right Chad so we teased it all episode let's get to it for anybody that uh, you know this is your first season with us here. We play a little game. Guess the opening lines. Mm-hmm. So we got all 14 here, or excuse me, all seven games, all 14 teams playing this week. Yep. So we guess the opening line, we reveal it, and the winner is the is the one that gets closest to the actual line. So we'll start with South Carolina at Florida. Shane, what was your pick for this? You're awfully chipper, so I'm thinking I'm getting my ass smoked today. So, uh, what game are we on here? South Carolina at Florida. South Carolina. Oh, yeah, I missed that one. Uh, Florida, uh, 24 points. Oh, actually, you win this one, Shane. I said 13 and a half. I thought it would hover right around that two touchdown mark. It opened at 20 and a half. So, Gamecocks, huge underdog here. And I guess I, it makes sense given what we saw from. Florida's offense, I mean, they look like a damn juggernaut yeah. right there, don't they? Absolutely, man. All right, how I, about, I like that one. How about this one? Missouri at Tennessee. What was your predicted line for this one? Uh, giving Mizzou some points, 11 and a half. I think I'm way too high on that, ain't I? Ooh, well, I said Tennessee 8, and you win this one too, Shane. It opened oh, Tennessee oh, oh. 13. 
Now that number has come back down to 10. It got bet real damn quick, but it did open at 13. So, hey, okay. uh, for some reason, there's there's a ton of respect for the Vols and Missouri. You know, we just talked them up with uh, Alabama. I think uh, with that many points, I think I tend to early lean Missouri. So what's your thoughts on that 13 opening line? Well, clearly, I, I like it. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'll take that. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's way too early, man. Uh, it's still... You need you need a couple games to, right. to to really feel how these things are going. So I'm still a little worried about that one, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely take S bread. All right, Texas A&M at Alabama. What you got for this I, one? I got to be wrong on this one. I, I put Alabama minus thirteen. I said Alabama minus seventeen. It's Alabama thirteen. You nailed this one, oh. Jane. <laughs> Three and zero oh so Jeez. far. Man, you would think I, I could guess the lines, but I just can't get them. <laughs> I just can't do the lock of the week, man. All right, All next right. game. The, uh, Ole Miss at Kentucky. What you got for this one? At Kentucky, I've got to be wrong on this one. i got to go Kentucky minus four and a half. I say Kentucky minus two. You win this one again. It's Kentucky <laughs> minus six. You, you almost nailed Jeez. it. Sweet, baby. All right. I got to miss this one. Auburn, Auburn at Georgia, Georgia game day. Yeah. Oh, man. This one, I, I think it's going to be close. Um, I'm going to say Georgia minus three. All right, so we don't share these with each other before we do them. So I also said three, but we're dead wrong, Shane. And open, Georgia minus eight. Ooh. How wild is that? Now, it's already been bet down to, I believe, six is what I the oh. last I heard. So heavy action on Auburn. I think that's kind of assumed, but... Uh, we both knew Georgia would still get that uh, bet in favorite, but certainly yeah. not by a touchdown. I didn't think. No, not a not by a touchdown. I mean, apparently they they weren't watching the same game I was, but <laughs> I just I, I think that uh, I don't know. The, the fact is at home, uh, you know, the, they did find a quarterback, and you know maybe maybe that's what they don't they they don't roll Dewan out there and uh, they just go ahead and take the lead early. I don't know. So still should be a hell of a game though. All right, how about this one? LSU at Vanderbilt. What you got for this one? LSU minus 20 and a half. I don't know what in the hell I was thinking. I said LSU minus 10. Yeah. It's LSU 19. You almost nailed that one, too. (laughs) You're you're cleaning the damn sweep here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Why were you so giddy, man? I thought I was going to get smoked. That's awesome. All right, last one. Arkansas at Mississippi State. What you got for this one? Last one, Mississippi State minus 10. I said Mississippi State minus 13, and thank God, Shane, you didn't sweep me. I get one, <laughs> one out of seven. It's uh, Mississippi State minus 16. And, you know, this might be actually one of my favorite bets of the week, leaning early. I think I like Arkansas because I think Mississippi State is going to get so much love, and people still think Arkansas is terrible. When I guess they just didn't watch the Georgia game. I mean, well, we we've already yeah. talked all about it, but Arkansas is no. But it, again, it was not going to stun me. We just saw Mississippi State throw for a million yards, but I think Arkansas can kind of play that game with them a little bit. Yeah, and I th- I think that's important too. You know, the 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 script's out. You know that right. that 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 week one. I don't know what they're going to do. Lane Kiffin, you know, Sam Pittman, all the, the coach Leach. We know what they got. 
We we know exactly. I mean, if 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 Coach Leach had anything up his sleeve, he rolled it out last week to beat the LSU Tigers. So, um, yeah, I kind of like that line for sure. All right, Shane. So we've been spieling and dealing here, recapping week one. I'm about to lose my damn voice here. <laughs> I think that's all I got. You got anything before we hop off here on this uh, week one recap show? Well, do you have any big takeaways? Just real quick before you go. I mean, we've got first off, I'm. I'm on cloud nine. You know, we have SEC football. There was a moment, there was a couple moments in the summertime. We thought this wouldn't happen. It got postponed. We finally have some great college football. I, my ass was glued to the couch <laughs> watching these games. I, I loved every single minute of it. Um, but my big takeaway right now is there's teams that, that are, I mean, that are dangerous in the SEC this year. And the two that come to mind, Florida and uh, Alabama right now, those those guys are above and beyond expectations, and they're going to be tough to beat. But that next tier, that Georgia, that LSU, that Texas A&M even, they've got, they've got great teams. There's others, but I, I don't want you to hit – I don't want you to get like sideways. Mm-hmm. Like some that I, some of these teams needed to get punched in the face. Georgia needed to go up to Arkansas and and have a damn ball game because you saw at the end they they were able to take off. You know, I, I think Texas A and M they needed this punch in the face, and thank God it wasn't a loss. You know, you you walked away. There's no ugly victories. You know, there's just victories. So I, I think they learn and they, you know, you get to the tapes and you can see, you know, it's a I just there's a lot of teams out there that are panicking about their squads and and you don't need to because this isn't like years past. We've got nine more SEC games coming up every week. You got to be on upset alert. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it easily could have been. You know, this week it was Mississippi State being LSU. Who knows who it's going to be next week? So uh, you got to be on your toes and you just never know. I, I just I'm. I'm so happy college football's here. I'm so I'm so happy SEC football's on on our TV again, Mike. And uh, I just we've we've got nine more games, baby. Nine more games, and anything can happen any given Saturday. Yeah, my big takeaway. We already talked so much about the games. I'm going to go a little bit different direction. Now, Greg Sankey is already on the record. You know, they're planning on going back to the schedule they had last. You know, they always have with the four non-conferences and. Mm -hmm. eight sec games but i think it's important to have kind of like a layup intro game just to just to have a better product but besides that i do not know how we go back because this was just glorious here on saturday so much sec action that was all i watched people telling me texas on upset alert oklahoma on upset alert i didn't give a damn i was glued (laughs) to my tv i had three tv set up here course i didn't really have to use it much until the night games i just only had to use two but man i was glued to just the two sets with the sec on sec action and it was just glorious even though we only had you know two games really come down to the wire maybe three here but i just it was just so damn fun on saturday night and i cannot wait for nine ten more eleven more weeks of this it's going to be epic Mm -hmm. this is already the starting signs of us saying this was going to be the best SEC season ever. 
I hate it for you, yeah. LSU. You were the first victim of it, but that's it is what it is, you know. And next week, yeah. I guarantee you, there's probably going to be another one just like it, where the biggest storyline in the nation comes out of the SEC, and it's going to be because someone won a game we never saw coming, and that it's going to be yeah. that way for ten straight weeks because this is SEC on SEC action, and there's no, I mean, there's just nothing like it. No, there isn't, man. I, I love it. You could, we could do 10 SEC two two tune-ups, you know. That's mm-hmm. fine. I'll be okay with that. So, but I, I'm I'm with you, man. It was just and it was so easy to watch. There was like two games on at a time. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of times you're you're trying to jumble three or four games. It feels like it was just we're not doing that anymore. It was two games, two games, two games. You know, it was mm-hmm. just it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Um, now, uh, as far as the Texas, somebody told me today, he says, boy, Texas barely got away from one. I was like, I was like, what? I was like, I don't even, I was like, what are we talking about, man? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Texas, I was like, man, I ain't got time for that. We were watching real football over here on the SEC network, you know? So I love it, man. I'm looking forward to more. And of course, we're going to have some more action tomorrow. So be sure to check us out. And if, if you got yourselves an Apple product, an iPhone or tablet or whatever they're doing these days, if you jump on there, give us a five star rating. We'll be sure to uh, send you a koozie out your way. Just take a screenshot of it, email it to that SEC podcast at Gmail. And uh, Mike, what teams we got now? Yeah, we got Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn, and that's it for now. But hell, after last weekend, we might have to order us Mississippi State. Hell, you, yeah. you have a good show, and we might just have to order you a batch of koozies. But <laughs> we're going to get them eventually. We're going to get all the teams at some point. Just going to take us a little while. But, man, we've gotten a ton of requests. The koozies are getting sent in the mail daily by me. So uh, and we're starting to see more and more people tweet out those. We love we love to see that interaction with the, everybody getting their koozies. So more koozies on the way here soon. Just need those five star written reviews. Those have been flowing in. We really really do appreciate it. And that's just our way of saying thanks. But uh, hey Shane, I think that's gonna do it. We've kind of spieled on here long enough. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me as always. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And hey, we got ten more weeks of this. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, see you guys. Go balls. Wanna know, baby? Born ready, Mike. Right. Fucking one, man. Of course I'm ready. <laughs> It'd be a lot harder to find if it went the other my, way. My lock sucks, but by one fucking point, but whatever.